Roosevelt Talk brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring. Bobby, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's a new year. It is. Oh my gosh. We we have a tradition on this show for what we do in the new year. We do. And we're following through with it today. Oh my gosh. And I'm very excited about it. We always have great leaders at, at the Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors. I mean, and okay. we have, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great guest who's a, a longtime friend of mine who, who I, I like a lot. And um, that's Cindy Cunningham. Yeah. And uh, how awesome. But before we get to her, how have you been? How was uh, your holiday? How, how are you faring in the cold weather? What's going on? I know. Um, I was just actually telling Amber before you got on here, I was on another Zoom before this, and I sat there and I just, I'm freezing today. Like, it's one of those days where I just literally cannot get warm, and there's no actual rhyme nor reason for it, but the holidays were great. I've actually, um, my boss is actually extremely amazing and generous, and he gives us the last two weeks of the year off. So I had the last two oh, weeks nice. of December off to just be with my family, and then I took the first week of January off as well. And so it's been three weeks of sweatpants and sweatshirts and not having to like be like a normal human, and I'm like, that's the greatest Christmas present I could ever ask for. That's so, amazing. Yeah. How about you? How's your holidays? How's the whole family? First Christmas with whole family? How is yeah. that? Pretty pretty fun. Um, and uh, the only thing is, is that it was the uh, first five Christmases with the whole family, right? And we have so many Christmases. Um, yeah. And I'm Christmased out. Yes. Um, and I love my family, but I'm I'm familyed out. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'll uh, I'm gonna curl up in my cocoon when I get home, and I'm avoiding family for like Got it. two weeks. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. So what I'm going to do, not my, not my immediate family. I was going to say, cause that's kind of weird, but okay, right. cool. My extended, my extended family, you know, extended immediate. Yeah. Extended immediate. I love, love my in-laws, but you know, in-laws, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a insert, insert passe joke here, you know, right. Understood. That's the, that's the deal. So anyway, um, five Christmases is a lot. It is. That is a lot. I remember, you know, and you know, you're not even like a, child of divorce and have divorce and all that sort of stuff in your life. I mean, I grew up as a child of divorce and I think I had like seven Christmases every year between my mom and then my stepmom and my dad yeah. and some other people and grandparents and step grandparents. And it just was, it, it did, it wore you out. And, yeah. you know, thankfully for us, I just, uh, Christmas morning, my dad and stepmom come over and then we go up to my in-laws farm. And this year we got up there and as soon as we got there, Alex had a headache um, turned into a migraine and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. And so like, after like an hour, hour and a half, we came home. So, I mean, we, we had two Christmases, but really like one ish Christmas. And so it was completely tolerable. Now, my question for you though, is in this holiday season and even just, you know, having a little bit extra family time, um, how's baby sleeping? How, how was, how's Alex well. sleeping actually? It was just fine, actually. Yeah, Good. Pretty, pretty okay. Um, so I've been able to maintain all of my routines. Um, yeah. And that's easy for me to say as the guy. Uh, but even Sarah's really getting some some pretty solid sleep. We've been so lucky with all of our girls. And they always come to sleeping through the night um, at least half of the time pretty quickly. Um, and so, and she's been sleeping through the night a little more than half the time since 12 weeks. So, Good. um, we're doing, doing pretty well. 
and now she wakes up maybe once a once a night and the other girls all sleep beautifully and once they go to sleep you know that's That's the the, yeah that's the tricky part at our house but um but no it's uh it's great we're sleeping pretty well all awesome yeah she's back to work and uh i was never away from work really you know how this goes i do Uh, even though i was i couldn't be it's just i didn't i you know it's hard yeah i get it um, now I have a, I have a, a, a it's really not a question for you, but I don't know if you remember this. In late November, I was traveling and I had some like interesting little travel with some uh, politicians, some little political things that were happening, and you and I were kind of texting about it. And then we're like, oh wait, we should save this conversation for the podcast. Do you do you remember any of this? No. Okay, good. I'm excited about this. So um, it the last week in November, I was traveling to Oklahoma City. I had like one yeah. last out-of-state gig. And it actually was half the price to fly to Oklahoma City versus drive to Oklahoma City. Okay. Even though there is no direct flight from Kansas City to Oklahoma City. It's too close, actually. You have to go to Denver to go to Oklahoma City, which is interesting, fine, whatever. But- when I flew out to Denver and right before we were getting ready to board our plane, they were like, all right, guys, hurry up. We've got to board the plane right now. We've got to hurry up and get everybody on board because Air Force One is getting ready oh, to man. land and we have to take off before they land because they close all the airspace. We did not make it. We did not oh, get off that gosh. plane before Air Force One landed, which then shut down the airspace for 30 minutes. And then it closed off one entire side of the Denver airport and they put, they lined everybody else up on the other side. And we were number 45 to take off when we got the opportunity for the, which was just entertaining and fun and all that. And that was like a six o'clock flight. I was flying down. And then the next day at three 30, I was flying back up to Kansas city, like literally a down and back. And I'm getting on the plane. And like, before they even did pre-board, a lady and two gentlemen get on the plane and they were pretty official looking and everybody's like, is that her? Oh my gosh. I think that's her. It, <laughs> it is. It's totally her. And I was like, who was that that just walked by? Cause I, I just saw the guys I missed her. And they're like, it's governor Carol- Kelly. It's Laura Kelly. And yeah, Laura Kelly was on our Southwest flight. Um, she sat right up in the front row. She had a security guard next to her and then one right behind her. And then she was directly right in front of me. I had the security guy next to me. And so, um, but they kept like asking her, do you want any coffee? Do you want anything special? And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But it was just kind of an interesting thing that on the way out there, it was like, okay, I got held up by the president. And on the way back, we had um, Governor Kelly on our um, on our flight, which was- All these, poly- I, well, you know what? I For a second, I was like, gosh, you know, I, I can have some pretty passionate political opinions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, don't tell anybody what my political opinion. I was like, what did I say? I wasn't sure where we are going uh, politically. So no, um, I just was just it was just with politicians on flights. That's all. They were just with planes and just which within 24 hours having two of them. Conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. that is insane. And uh and also, you know, it, it's understandable. Huge pain for you guys. Yeah. But uh, I understand why they gotta do all that. Yeah, no, I and I get it. And I, I appreciate why they shut down the airport and just, you know, keeping our president safe. But then yeah. it was just but it was nice just seeing the governor on a southwest flight and she just didn't want anything extra, didn't want anything special. And like, 
when they got when we landed like we have a special announcement to make about someone who's special on our plane and i was like oh god she's not gonna want that well then they some kids like ninth birthday in the back of the plane and we sang happy birthday to them so i was like okay we're good what airline was it it was southwest well they knew what they were doing yeah. they knew that they knew what they were doing yeah they did that was cheeky that was cheeky that was them being yeah. cheeky so it's I, the I, new year Alex, right. you got any plans headed into this year? Do you, do you make, first off, do you make resolutions? And then do you have any plans for like, what do you want this year to look like just as a whole? Yeah, I make, I make resolutions. Um, I mean, there I'm, I kind of made some of my resolutions early. I don't, I don't know that I, I go January to December on my, on my resolutions. Um, mm -hmm. I think, uh, probably the, the biggest one is just to maintain, uh, a lot of the new habits that I've picked up on you and I've talked a lot about it. I'm not, I really don't drink hardly at all anymore. Um, mm -hmm. and so this like sober January or dry January, dry January. or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, that's, I'm like, well, that's I'm used to that. Um, I'm still getting up at, at five 30 and getting to bed a little bit better. Although I will say that my, um, walking, uh, slowed way down when it got cold. It was just, it's just been really difficult for me to deal with that. Plus, um, my, I wasn't able to walk on a treadmill, uh, mm. because my basement, uh, flooded <gasps> back in November. Um, mm. which, you know, I haven't told a lot of people that it kind of sucked. Thank goodness for insurance. It all, all ended up being just fine. And now that's all put back together. So I have no excuses. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm back Done. on the, back on the treadmill and it's all set back up. And so, um, no, I, I, I think it's, it's more about continuing the healthy habits that I started in the middle of the year in, yeah. uh, 2023. And I think that's, that's a, and I think everybody knows this, but that's what is cool about, you know, time and how mm -hmm. all of this is, you know, a construct, we can kind of decide to make, changes in our lives whenever we want to. And so last year I picked May and this year I might pick May again for, for other things. It's so easy for me to pick up new habits when it's nice out and when mm -hmm. I can uh, be outside and, uh, and take in pretty sunshine and be comfortable. So yeah. um, May might be a better time for me to set new goals than yeah. January. Well, that's what I, I don't actually like new year's resolutions solely for the fact that it's January one, and we're putting all this pressure on ourselves to make yeah. all these changes and do all this other stuff when it's the weather's crappy, our attitude, you know, this is, you know, seasonal affective disorder, depression, just from this time of the year. And now we're going to go like, and everybody usually tries to do like 17 things versus I'm just going to focus in on one thing, create a habit out of that, and then add something onto it. One of the things I thought was interesting you brought up was, you know, participating in dry January and what that looks like. And what I find interesting is now there's a pushback against dry January and it's called damp January to where you can still drink some, you just don't drink as much. And I'm like, what's the point of that? Like, I don't, I, there just seems to be several of these movements right now that it's like, we're not cutting things off. We're just reducing That's them right. a bit. That's and it's right. like, I, and I don't it's know. Not, and it's more about like attention and like following a trend than it is about addressing you know, our, our health and, yeah. and, uh, our behavior and focusing well, on the people around us. That's, that's the just, biggest thing for me is figuring out how to make sure that I can do my work, which I love 
and I can pour in as much as I want to into my work, right? Which is yep. always more than 40 hours a week and still pour as much as I want to into my family, which is way more than the remainder of that time. And yep. like, that's, that's just the reality. And I, I can only uh, convince myself that I have extra hours in my day if I, if I set myself up for that kind of success. And yep. so that's what I've been um, focused on. And um, I'm getting more and more efficient at that. And yep. uh, it's fun. That's actually one of the things I just wrote down yesterday. I was really thinking about it yesterday and then overnight. And then again, in this morning was, I think my main goal over pretty much the rest of my life, but just this year is just a more efficient use of my time yeah. is I feel like sometimes like I ended a zoom at nine 45 and then we're started this at 10, 10. And there I had, you know, 25 minutes where before I could just sit and play on Facebook and check emails. And I was like, no, I actually have a little bit of time here. I'm speaking in South Dakota later this month. I can go ahead and put together all the materials, all the, 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 the worksheets that I have for them. I can put together those as packets. And I can go ahead and get that emailed off. And now I've already one step ahead of the day using that yeah. 25 minutes as opposed to just letting it go to waste. So, um, Guess what? Oh I my gosh, you have a book bit? Yes. Woo! Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. Okay. Now, what? I'm taking what? a nice. What? You didn't like my Casey Moran? I didn't hear it. A, a Casey Moran? It cut out. Oh. Amber, did you hear that? No, oh. it, was, it went away. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Casey. What frequency are you doing that at? I don't know, but I'm breaking are... my microphone and this is fun. Okay, we're just going to get to the book bit though because our guest is coming and now we'll just, okay. we're infamy. Fine. My rare is too high, apparently. Okay. <laughs> um, take a nice slow dive into this year. Um, the book bit that I have for you is Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. And it just makes a case for deliberate practice, intrinsic motivation, and starting early versus just using the talents we're born with to take us to wherever we need to go in life. Um, the quote from the book is landing on your butt 20,000 times is where great performance comes from. Um, and you, Alex, with all of your practice and time you've put into crafting your musical career, I felt this very drawn to you. And there were some applications even towards my son and his violin career um, in this. But the first lesson is Practice and experience are not the same thing. Um, one of the things that they talk about in the book is that we all know someone who's worked at the same company doing the same job for decades, which means they've never improved to the point where they wanted to take on new things or they received a promotion. And that happens when you stop improving because you're just doing good enough to get by. You know, I think of my dad who was a factory worker and did the same thing day over day over day. He wasn't talented, but he was experienced in that, you know, to a certain extent. So you can do the same thing over and over again and build experience, but still the same experience that you're building. What you need is a new, additional, unfamiliar experience, and that only comes with practice. So it talks about pushing your, you know, your boundaries a little bit. Lesson two, when you start practicing deliberately as a child, you'll have three big advantages. And it talks about in this book, you know, importance of practicing a craft as a child and the three benefits to that is that children don't have to deal with the responsibilities of adulthood. They can just focus on being a kid and practicing whatever that craft is. 
The second one being that they have a support network. They have family, they have friends, they have people who can help them as they're doing this. And then finally, our brains get slower over time, but at a young age, children can still learn a lot very fast and make great leaps in progress. And then finally, the third lesson in the book, so we can get our guest on here, is you can let your inner drive develop over time by forcing yourself to practice. And it says it can be just as simple as forcing a deliberate practice on your children. And it's called the multiplier effect. And it's having a slight edge can lead to bigger motivation to practice, better coaching, and more support. That's that initial bit of satisfaction that you get. Like, say, if you're playing basketball and you hit a random three-pointer and you're like, oh my God, I love the satisfaction that I get from hitting that three-pointer. You want to go practice three-pointers again so that you can do that again. So the book is called Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. It's a great read and just talks about practicing more and being um, more deliberate in the things we do every day. Let's go get our guest. That's great. All right, let's go get Cindy. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with our friend and 2024 KCRAR president, Cindy Cunningham. Cindy, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. 2024 is going to be an awesome year. We are always so lucky with our leadership, but uh, we knocked it out of the park with you. And I know that there was like, there's been baseball themes and all this stuff, so I didn't mean to imply that. I, I have to know, what's your theme of the year? You know, my my theme um, was growth to start with when I was picking out my theme for the for the installation. And then it kind of grew from grew from there, ironically. Um, I think just making sure that everybody knows how important both personal and professional growth are and giving that opportunity to our members. I love that. And I I want you to expand a little bit more and I don't want you to, I don't want to, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit and I don't want you to get teary about it, but at at installation, you also expanded on that and talked a little bit um, about our, uh, our friend, Judy Miller. Um, And I think that's an important message for anybody that, that missed it. Can you kind of tell your story with Judy a little bit? Sure. I kind of talked about um, how I got to the point where I am now. And Judy Miller, uh, who uh, many of you know, um, was a was an integral part of that. And she mentored me as far as um, getting involved in local, state, and even national leadership to a certain extent. Um, she made me feel the importance of RPAC, which is Realtor Party Action Committee. Is that right? Yep. No, that doesn't sound right. Anyway. Um, RPAC and getting involved in committees locally, which is a great way for anybody to start. Um, then getting involved in the state board of directors, local committees, that sort of thing. And then moving up to national for the same type of things. Um, I think if anybody wants to get started, getting, being involved, committees are a great way to do it locally. And I think everybody has kind of their passion and look at the list of committees and see what is what appeals to you because there's something there for everybody. Well, Judy was a big part of that for for a lot of people. 
I know she was a big part of it for you. She was a huge part of it for me. And you were a huge part of it for me. You were extremely influential in, in, to me and getting involved in the association, both at the regional and state levels. And, and so um, I have a lot of gratitude for, for Judy and for you and for so many people who have you know, encouraged that. I mean, it, it's been a, it's been life changing uh, for me, and um, you're you're a huge part of that, and that's one of the reasons why um, it's awesome for you to be where you're at. I can't think of a better person who uh, has uh, influenced people in that way. So, thank you Perfect. for serving. Thank you. thank you. That was sweet. And now we're all gonna cry. We're gonna have our tear break. Sappy, sappy. <laughs> so. Cindy, for those people that somehow have been living under a rock and has never met you, which I'm not even sure how that's even possible at this point, give us a little bit of your background. How did you get into real estate? And then tell us about your real estate career over the years and just who is Cindy? What's important to her? Well, I'm not sure how I got into real estate, to be honest with you. Um, prior to real estate, I worked for federal court for about 14 years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I started out as um, a jury coordinator and then became courtroom deputy, then became supervisor of the clerk of the court. So basically, they're the record keepers. They're the ones that set the trials. Um, so overseeing all of that, basically, and started in Topeka and then moved to Kansas City, Kansas. And then I just got tired. I was to the point where I had to be willing to move anywhere in the country to advance and I wasn't willing to do that. So I was looking for another opportunity and real estate real estate came up as, as a point of conversation. And so in 1997, I got my license and I've been doing it ever since. I love that. We've been licensed the same amount of years. I love Have it. We? Cool. Uh -huh. um, what is your passion? What drives you? Whether that's something to do with your family, something to do with your business, just what, what sets Cindy on fire? Um, my passion is probably politics. Uh, my, one of my degrees in college was political science, and this is the closest I've ever come to doing anything with it. So my passion, first and foremost, is advocacy, I guess. And um, I've been involved with that pretty much from the beginning, as far as being on advocacy committee. Um, I've been chair as has Alex and of Kansas and, um, going to Washington every, every May has been a, a, a very fulfilling experience, um, getting to, getting to know how everything works and meeting with our legislators and, it's, it's almost just, getting arrested for for picketing <laughs> at the uh, on the Capitol steps. I've forgotten about that. Now we have to tell a story. In, I was in good company. I had Cal Neiman with me. So, <laughs> it, for those that don't know, you're not allowed to have signs, right? On the where where were you? Was it was it the Capitol? Where were you at? Yeah, it was the Capitol, and we had a banner that said Kansas Association of Realtors, as I recall. And Kyle and I were. Several of us were holding it, but at the very end of it, um, Kyle and I were kind of left hanging up there on the steps, and there was a, a nice gentleman with a gun that approached us, and um, I jokingly said that we're here for law enforcement week, which happened to be the same week, and he didn't think that was funny, so um, we got off the steps really quickly. 
I've never been arrested and I didn't want to be. So <laughs> the law enforcement week is always there when we're there, to be clear. I know. Always I know. there when we're there. Which is which is sometimes a good thing. Yeah, sometimes. But sometimes we're the problem, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to didn't mean to go off on a tangent. Sorry. That's Good okay. Inside That's okay. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. So Cindy, a little bit, we talked a little bit about Judy Miller and how much she inspired you and motivated and mentored you um, as you got into real estate and you, you know, made your journey. What made you want to move up and become KCRAR president? And what are the, some of the things you're hope, hoping to accomplish this year? Well, I think moving up and the more you get involved, um, the more it kind of pulls you, I think. And 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 you guys know this, but I think, um, you know, I ran as treasurer and then I ran as president-elect and then I became president. So it's just, it's kind of, it was kind of a natural stepping stone. Um, I was very interested in local. I honestly don't have any interest in doing anything state in leadership. Um, Those are famous last words, by the way, just FYI. <laughs> but um, anyway, I think what I, as, as easy as it sounds, um, I'd like to keep things running as smoothly as they have been for the board. I think um, members, our members are our most important thing. We've got to always keep them in mind and we always need to do what's best for them. Uh, I think just keeping, keeping all the moving parts together and moving forward and, and, and making progress is the easiest way to put it. And like I said, I know that may sound easy, but with over 13,000 members and, uh, I don't know how many counties we're up to now. Cause we just, we just did another merger. It's like 37 or something like that. 30 something. Yeah. yeah 37, yeah. 39 something. But we just brought in Southeast Kansas as part of our association. So as we continue to grow, I think that that in itself becomes more challenging. Mm -hmm. Cindy, of the people who um, have uh, been in your seat today, um, who, as in, as in KCRIR president, who sticks out to you as a, um, somebody who made a huge difference that you uh, admire in, in their leadership. Oh, Bobby's gosh. not an acceptable answer. You can't say Bobby. <laughs> She's here. Darn. Bobby's not an acceptable answer. You got to branch out. It's too easy. No pandering to the, to the hosts. I think, um, gosh, there, there have been, we've had so many good leaders. I think um, the president that immediately preceded me, Sydney West, she and I are very good friends. And I think she was very good and very conscious about keeping me involved, making sure I was um, in the loop on everything, which is important. I think that makes the transition easier. Um, Christian Barnes, who I'm also close to, was a, was a really good influence as well, I think. Um, both strong female leaders uh, and Bobby. But... Um, I think that those those two would probably stand out. Although, like I said, we've had a lot of a lot of great leaders in the last few years that I've been involved. I just it. want to say, though, as a as a member of our association, I'll be really glad after this year when we can break up Sydney and Cindy because it's really confusing <laughs> with the two. Who are we talking about, Sydney or Cindy? I don't know. It's the same person. 
Well, it's so funny because it amazes me how many people can say it well and I can't. So um, <laughs> I still re- I still go West and Cunningham. So it's it's just way easier. <laughs> that is easier. That it's is way easier. But I like just calling everybody by their last name anyways because Gehring over there. <laughs> well, it helps um, people say it, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to, you said something earlier and it reminded me of something I saw on Facebook in the last week. <clears throat> And it's one of the struggles that all of us as leaders know. And that's sometimes the perceptions of our members and what we're actually doing for them and how we're listening to them. Um, there was a rant on Facebook the other day by someone, and I'm sure we've all seen it, and a whole bunch of our past leadership, especially um, Sydney West, jumped in on the conversation. But it was one of our members saying, why doesn't KCRER ever listen to us? Why did they give us such horrible programming? And I was digging into, okay, what kind of program are you looking for? Well, they were complaining about Broker Bay and they were complaining about, uh, I think, um, the blah, 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 something. The, what was the other one? It was signature, DocuSign. DocuSign, I think it was the other one we were com- they were complaining about. Dot loop, maybe. Yeah, dot loop. There we go, dot loop. But yeah, that was the problem. Um, how will we ever be able to get through to our people that we do listen, that we do do the research, that we go out there and we're working our butts off as volunteers and staff to make everybody happy, but that we'll never make 13,000 people happy, but that we are not just, it's not just staff running our organization. That, that, was, the, that was the main thing was the staff just running everything and nobody's, no leaders are actually showing up. We've I all sat in that room. Those are the people that aren't involved and they don't have, I'm sorry, they don't have a clue how things work. Um, I know something was said about uh, Broker Bay early on, and it was obvious that uh, that wasn't known how the process came about. And like you said, there are a lot, many, many hours of research put in before anything is done um, by both staff and volunteers. Mm -hmm. And I think if people, like you said, you're never gonna please everybody, but I think if, if people become involved they'll become a little bit more understanding of the process and not be so quick to criticize. Um, Cause I think that's easy to do sometimes. I wish there was a way to just set every one of our people down and have a one-on-one conversation that this is everything we do for you. And that just, it's never going to be. And as we have all the issues we have with NAR and how things are going to change, are people going to leave the association? I just wish people could understand what volunteers and staff are doing spending so many hours on to make them do their jobs easier. And yet, well, we're not doing anything. It just, it frustrates me. I think that so much of it comes down to making sure that uh, the, I think broker, brokers, managing mm-hmm. brokers need to be the ambassadors for the MLS and we've got to reach them. Uh, and it's so hard. I know it's it's not for lack of trying, um, but I think that's that's a, that's difficult because you can't just like you said, Bob. You can't sit down with thirteen thousand uh, members, but you also uh, can't sit down with a managing broker who doesn't want to sit down and yeah. and uh, talk to you either. So it's it's. Uh, but if we limit the pool that we have to uh, influence, so that they can be our ambassadors, I think that that becomes a good long term model. But everybody knows that already. That's not anything new. It's no. just and a I, hard thing to do. And I think you're right that the attitude for the most part, that the agent's display is based off the attitude their managing broker has towards things. Now, occasionally you'll have a managing broker who's 
all in on the board, all in on MLS, and you'll still have an agent who's disgruntled over here. But when oh, you can sure. break it down to that smaller level, it's a lot easier for them to convey as opposed to just us just because there's so much noise in our world. That's sorry, right. I got off on a tangent. Sorry. That's true. That's okay. And I don't, you know, and, and some managing brokers, as you know, are better at that than others. Yep. Um, I think, and I honestly don't know. It's been a while since I sat through orientation and I need to do that. But I, I, I don't know how much we touch upon some of that stuff in orientation. And I probably need to sit down and, and go through a class. And, and like I said, I'm sure it's changed. I know they're talking about, um, oh gosh, what is it we were going to talk about more? I can't even remember. But there was something that we were kind of missing. Probably antitrust. We, oh, no, I don't think so. But that's important too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there were a couple things that I thought I think that we picked up on that we probably should be emphasizing a little bit more so. I'll make that a priority to to sit through an orientation and kind of see what's being told there and see if we can finesse that a little bit to to help that. Now, Cindy, oh, go go ahead, Alex. You had a you were, you had that light bulb moment in your face. I was just going to ask what other what other goals uh, do you have for the for the year? Is there anything else that sticks out as a as an important action item that uh, you want to accomplish? I just, I just think we need to, there's so many things that need smoothing out and I shouldn't say so many things, but there's things that continue to need to be smoothed out and, and be on top of. And I think, I think that's the important thing. If we keep rolling things out without having the previous things, without people being comfortable with the other things we've rolled out, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of piling things on top of other things. And I think in some, I think follow through is important. I agree. I agree. Well said. Cindy, I'm going to switch gears on you just a little bit and offer you some huge congratulations for being the 2023 salesperson of the year, realtor of the year for Kansas. Um, what is some key to your success and any advice you could offer people? Because obviously you've had an amazing career in real estate that you fell into. Um, but what advice can you ask to be, uh, offer to people who are listening and what are some of your biggest points of success for you in your career? I think if you're just getting started, you've got to, you, you need to give yourself grace and, and have some patience. Um, the market in the last couple of years has been extraordinary and um, not necessarily in a good way. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, you know, when I started, I gave myself six months and I thought if I don't do, if I don't, feel like I've done something in six months, then I'm going to get out. And I think another important thing that people don't know when they get started is you need to have some money in the bank. Yeah. Um, because you may, well, like I said, in a, in a, in a, in a normal market, you may not have income coming in immediately. And um, uh, Ken Baldwin shared that with me before I got started. And that was a, that was a big piece of it, I think. And just, just learning, continuing to learn, like I said, continuing to grow. Um, if you're taking classes, don't stop at what you're just required to take. Take other things that interest you. And we've got some great offerings at KCRAR and uh, the state at the state conferences, a lot of times you have great offerings. So I think it's important just to keep an open mind and be willing to keep learning. I love that. The last question we always like to ask all of our guests is, 
What else? What else should we have asked you? What else do you want our listeners to know? What else do you want to leave people with? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm approachable. I think if anybody wants to, has a suggestion or wants to talk, reach out to me. I am kind of a bottom line kind of person. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. It doesn't work well with people who aren't that way. Um, and that's something I'm always continuing to try to work on, but I'm always kind of like get to the point. Um, but I think I'm open to listening to ideas. I'm opening, I'm open to meeting with people or talking to them on the phone. And I would encourage anybody to do that. I love it. Solid. There we go. Well, well thank Sydney. you for your time here with us today, Sydney. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you creating time for us and letting everybody who doesn't know about you know just a little bit more about you. So I, I look forward to your presidency this year. I think you're going to be an amazing president for KCRAR and ha be happy to have your name up there on the wall with the rest of us after this year. So it's going to be thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me. It's been fun.